Greg and Dax love football. We know you do too. So grab a cold one and listen. Escape with us for a few. And welcome to the Greg and Dax Fantasy Podcast, motherfuckers. Sorry, I thought I'd try something new. I'm Dax. I'm Greg. That was very new, man, and very uh, explicit. Now we're going to have the adults-only rating on the podcast. Well, and I also, speaking of adults-only, highly advise you to go listen to the song Adults <sighs> Only by Slick Rick. Um, oh, I thought you were going to talk about T-Swift's new album. No. Is that the name of t Jesus Christ. How far like how far away are we and where we're heading here? <laughs> Taylor Swift. I'm talking about Slick Rick. Hey, I had a, a full-blown argument with uh, my wife, Priyanka, who you know, this weekend, because uh, I was against Taylor Swift being the voice of a generation. And Priyanka, not a Taylor Swift fan, but very much adamant that Taylor Swift was the voice of a generation. Um, so I think before we get into any of the fantasy football talk, Dax, where do you fall? On if I like Taylor Swift, no. If she's a voice of a generation, break down voice of generation for me. Like is she Madonna? Yeah, uh, yeah, she's at that level. Wow, yeah, yeah she's at that level. Sure, absolutely. Just look at—I mean, uh-huh. shit. Look at her sales. Like, uh, you know, look at yeah. the. That's you sound like Priyanka. She like pulled up the list. She's like she's forty second all time, right behind I don't know Paul McCartney or some bullshit. And uh, I did not win the argument. Yeah, I mean, money talks, right? Like, that's if she's if a lot of people out there, and, and not for anything, like, I, what was that song? Something, something, yeah, yeah, I it's I, called I think Feeling 22. Is that that song? I, I, I guarantee it's not that song, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no. but nonetheless, nonetheless, we are here to talk about get us out of here, not Taylor Swift. Uh, also, please don't listen to Slick Rick, um, especially that song. Don't, don't listen to it. Um, anyway. So let us chat about, we promised uh, an episode, we promised that we were going to walk you through who you should be trying to play for the fantasy playoffs, uh, trying to avoid some of the more obvious names. Um, sadly, looking through it, it's kind of tough. Like a lot of the great matchups are a lot of the like guys you'd expect to go in the first and second round. So yeah, it's, it's something that you... It, yeah, from a process perspective, now's the time to start thinking about, you know, playoffs. I know, Dex, I'm in a couple of leagues with you. You've got a couple of teams where you're you're locked in. You're you can afford to fumble a few games as we head into the playoffs and you'll make it either way. I know I'm in one of my home leagues where I think there's like seven teams out of a twelve team league that are five and five right now. And I'm one of those. And so it can be a little bit tough, but you know, we're about I guess four weeks out now from the playoffs, right? And so we really want to start looking at, you know, what are those teams that are giving up a lot of points to certain positions and how can we, you know, bring those players into the fold? Um, As you said, unfortunately, you know, not a lot of, you know, waiver wire free agent ads that could unlock a lot for you, but I think it's worth exploring anyways, because it, it, you know, who knows, you know, trade deadlines are probably this week or next week for a lot of leagues and, and this might influence you one way or another. Um, I mean, that's the key, right? You said it right there. Now is the time, especially if you're in a dynasty, especially if you are in uh, a league that has keepers. Now is a time to start exploring some later assets and guys who you think will produce later, maybe next year, maybe they're a quarterback away. Maybe 
their offensive line has been banged up, right? Now is the time to start weighing who you think has value later and who has perceived value down the road Yep, and flipping them for assets that you can use to win now if you are, you know, I don't know, if you have seven wins, eight wins on the season, nine wins. Like, if you're in that position, it's probably time that you start thinking about that. That means you're in really good shape. Exactly. And so maybe to kind of kick us off, I'll go through um, some interesting data on kind of defenses that you want to be targeting with different positions. So, you know, who's giving up the most points to quarterbacks and running backs, wide receivers. And then maybe after that, uh, Dax, if you want to go through and talk about maybe specific players um, that you've got your eye on for the playoffs. Sound good? So um, a lot of my data um, actually comes uh, from good friend of the pod, uh, Ryan McDowell. Um, he writes for a variety of different websites, um, primarily around dynasty football, but he puts together um, an artifact that called the flow chart, where essentially he looks at teams and how many essentially RB1 or RB2 performances they've given up, QB1 performances, et cetera, and really kind of starts looking at the statistics and, and just the overall kind of scoring potential in that regard. And what his flow chart says right now, when it comes to quarterback, the team that's giving up the highest scoring kind of most QB one weeks right now is the Washington football team. Um, there's a couple other teams in there too, you know, Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis Colts, et cetera. But it's really the Washington football team that stands kind of head and shoulders above the rest as far as what they're giving up. Um, while that's good is the Washington football team plays the Eagles twice in their final three weeks, uh, the playoff weeks. And so that's good for a Jalen Hurts, not to spoil anything that Dax is about to talk about. Um, on the running back side, um, we've got Cincinnati um, and the New York Jets as the clear leaders as the teams that you want to start running backs against. They give up the most running back production in fantasy football. Um, from a wide receiver perspective, uh, that team is Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee Titans have given up more wide receiver one or wide receiver two performances than any other team this season. And then when it comes to tight end, that team you really want to target is Kansas City. And uh, the Chiefs have uh, really kind of by the scheme of their defense, um, really given the middle of the field to a lot of opposing offenses. And that's facilitated a lot of tight end production. Um, maybe the final thing I'll touch on, I'll turn it over to you, Dax, is um, who you should look out for. Um, kind of who an avoid is really from a defensive perspective. And right now, I don't think there's another team in this same vein. Usually it's a team like the Patriots. Bill Belichick tends to haunt a lot of fantasy football matchups. Uh, but this year it's the Buffalo Bills. Um, we've seen week in, week out, we've seen them go against the Chiefs. We've seen them go against uh, uh, this past week um, when they were uh, shutting out the Jets. The Buffalo Bills are the best defense for fantasy, for real life, for anything right now. Um, and if I have any team going against them in the fantasy playoffs, I'm looking strongly at alternatives. And right now, the Bills, weeks 14, 15, and 16, are playing the Panthers, the Patriots, and the Falcons. And so not a ton of you know fantasy equity across those three teams, but some really key players. Uh, probably top of the list is, is a Christian McCaffrey or a DJ Moore um, that are going to be impacted that first week of the playoffs uh, playing against these Bills. So that was a lot of me rambling, um, but I thought important data to share of just kind of how to think about different matchups and different teams you want to be targeting. Um, Dax, any reaction there before we talk about specific players? No, I think that's spot on. I think the numbers speak for themselves. And at this point, 
even if even if there is a, a shift, right? Like we've seen the Browns defense play drastically worse recently. The fact of the matter is it's probably going to steer the other way once Chubb and once adjustments are made and once Hunt is back, you're going to see them control the ball more. You're going to see players start to get healthy. I wouldn't, I, I would say relatively speaking, all of this directionally is probably fair and solid. Um, obviously nothing's a guarantee any given Sunday, but even if, you know, the margin for fantasy points allows 10%, that's 10, 15%. That's probably the most. And even then, so like, think about that's minimal. That's not going to sway your week. Uh, and it's a game of probability. And so right now you're trying to maximize your probability of hitting. I like these guys. I like the, I like the way you're framing this. These are the, that's exactly correct. So let's move into some players, uh, I'm targeting and why. And so uh, matchups are huge. And there are, again, a lot of guys here that could be, again, if we're talking redraft, we're like, maybe not, but we're talking keeper and dynasty. Now's a great time to target some of these players. So at quarterback, you mentioned it, Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also Dak. And Dak gets the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cards. And the Cards are you know, don't let that defense scare you away because they are a good defense, but that's going to be a high scoring game. Um, And that being said, I really, because that schedule, the giants, the Eagles and the cards, I really want like shit. I want every cowboy that I can. Uh, So Zeke, um, if you're looking for a flex play, I think Pollard is a great flex play. If you are scrambling, if you can get him as a bench guy, if you can go in and be like, all right, what happens to Zeke? If he goes down, uh, misses a game in the playoffs. You have an RB one stashed, ready to go, um, and and he's not going to cost a lot. No, I think that's a, a great point because at the same time that you're starting to think about these playoff matchups, also start thinking about handcuffs, right? Mm-hmm. These running backs that have made it all season without getting injured. You know, tr- the tread on the tires wearing out week by week. Um, and so I think Tony Pollard's a great one. Maybe the other one that I'll mention too that we saw this past week is Mark Ingram for yeah, the Saints. Great buy. Kamara did not play, and they slotted Ingram in and ran the exact same game plan that they would have run with Kamara. And and the results spoke for themselves. He had a great game, both on the ground as well as through the air. Um, and so he's the big handcuff to have there. But that's, yeah, continue on, Dex. No, that, that's a great one. Um, also, thinking about, you know, we just chatted Pollard, we chatted Zeke. Uh, another one with that schedule, obviously Cowboys, Lamb, Amari, Cooper, Amari Cooper has been eh, and Lamb's really starting to ascend. But I think because Amari's uh, just literally because of that very reason, that is a probably a good buy low. You could probably get him yep. even in redraft. Uh, and then the other one is Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is has he showed last week he's starting to play again. They can they're going to run more three wide receiver sets. They clearly did last week. Gallup is a thousand yard receiver caliber receiver uh he also needs he's a free agent and he's going to want to get paid and i have no doubt that he's going to find his way on the field and you know try to earn his money so michael gallup's also again someone with that that cupcake schedule uh and those shootouts i also like as far as matchups and teams i really like justin herbert he gets the chiefs so going to be a great shootout and that's the week 15 16 he gets houston that's going to be a cupcake uh and then you know not everyone's going to have a great week every time but the broncos the broncos just traded von miller uh so 
you know, there is some where there's smoke, there's fire, and there may be opportunities for them to air it out and, you know, have a great matchup there as well without some of that pressure coming down. So I would say that Herbert, that being said, obviously I really like Eckler. Um, uh, Eckler, again, with the floor, think about that floor in those games. The first one's going to be a shootout. Second one's going to be a, you know, they're just going to dump all over them. Uh, And then once they get ahead, they're going to run some clock. Uh, And then you get the Broncos who again, missing Von Miller. So they're not the same defense and not, don't have that same same teeth. Uh, And then wide receiver, obviously Keenan Allen. I I think we've, we're seeing the, uh, the clock strike midnight for Mike Williams. So I'm not targeting him. I think if you need a cheap tight end, if you're struggling at tight end, Donald Parham is a really good buy right now because you won't have to pay a lot. Uh, If you're looking for a backup tight end, someone with good matchups, Donald Parham's a great buy. Um, And then uh, moving along, we have Matt Stafford who gets the Seahawks week 15. That's going to be a great one. The Vikes uh, who've been, They've been better this year than they normally would be, but the you know fact of the matter is they're four and five. They're probably going to be out of the playoffs by week fifteen, uh, and I think that once Stafford gets some chemistry with OBJ, you're going to start to see that open up, and which leads me to say OBJ is a great buy. He did little to nothing. Yeah. Robert Woods is hurt. The opportunity is there. Uh, also, Van Jefferson because you probably can go and pick him up right now in a redraft league. Um, so OBJ is a buy man. Jefferson's a buy. Tyler Higby is a big buy for me at tight end. He showed up last night with a touchdown. Unsurprisingly, he's actually been a, a fairly solid tight end one. Yeah. Um, and, and again, with those great matchups, you know, the Ravens are a bit tough, but I could easily see that one getting into a high scoring game. Um, and then, uh, I would say in addition, and lastly, you know, Henderson, Darrell Henderson is someone and especially in a keeper, especially in a dynasty, the, the clock strikes midnight. If Darrell Henderson is sitting on someone's team and you need a running back and they're about to miss the playoffs or if there are 500 team hovering, target them. Target by, you know, it's really, it's going to be, uh, Darrell Henderson, I, I 100% saying this right now, book it, RB1 through the fantasy playoffs. Top 12, no question about it with yeah. a schedule like that. Um, and then Devonta Smith you have here, and that was a great, that's a great one, but Devonta Smith getting the Redskins twice and no chase young. Now you want to play that defense, that defense, whoever you can get, if you can get Eagles and Dallas Goddard, it's a great tight end to play Devonta, Devonta Smith, uh, Miles Sanders, perhaps Miles Sanders might be, if he's back, you might get like, they've been running the ball. They've completely turned it around, decided that they're going to run the ball and make that their identity. Shit, that's going to be a really good matchup. Miles Sanders in the playoffs is going to eat if he can stay healthy. Yeah, no, that's a really good rundown. And and so just to kind of reiterate, we've got it's essentially the, the you want top down players on the same team. So we you know target the Cowboys, target the Chargers, and target the Rams. Those are the three teams you want to be targeting. And really, any fantasy productive player on those teams is going to get some good matchups in the playoffs. Um, you also mentioned just right now, Devontae Smith, you mentioned, um, Jalen Hurts as well. Um, and, and I think that's a good summary of it. Um, I want to just react a bit to, to some of the comments you made. So you, you talked about Odell Beckham Jr. being a really good buy and, and I agree, you know, I, I, we've talked about this. I think Odell still definitely has some stuff left in the tank. Um, 
and I texted you this during the game uh, yesterday night, Odell's never played with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. Um, if you think about it, he had, he had Eli Manning and then he had Baker Manfield and, and Case Keenum. Uh, now he's got Matthew Stafford who can throw the ball 65 yards in the air without a problem. And we saw the beginning of that with uh, the, the interception that Matthew Stafford threw where Odell Beckham stopped running his route and just because he didn't think Matthew Stafford could throw it that far. And Matthew Stafford did. It went right into the defensive hands, and Odell Beckham laid Jimmy Ward the fuck out. Um, it was a great play, but it just goes to show you that Odell Beckham is going to get balls thrown his way that he has never gotten before. Um, 50, 60 yards downfield, and and hopefully they'll connect. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time, right? That's all it comes down to is time. They need chemistry, and it happens with every wide receiver. And having to build that up takes time. OBJ is someone who clearly has lacked chemistry with his quarterbacks as of late. I'm a big fan because of the matchups. Robert Woods tearing his ACL has really given such an immense opportunity for OBJ to develop and to take over a game. Cooper Cup is going to get added attention. This is really good for Tyler Higby. All in all, I'd say fucking wheels up on OBJ. Like this guy is going to show up in the fantasy playoffs. It's just a, it's a, he's a ticking time bomb. And if he doesn't, like we know who the problem is. Like I, like it's all stacked in his direction. Like, do you think he knew about the ACL injury? Probably not, because they say it happened in practice on like Thursday. But like, how more perfect of a situation could you walk into? Yeah, so that's interesting. That's a, a, you know, putting our uh, tinfoil hats on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. They say it did happen. Um, You know, reporters were there, right? So that's the other thing um, to report on it. I don't know. I haven't seen any reports that anyone actually saw it happen. Um, But reporters were (laughs) there. Was it just Odell in the parking lot with a tire (laughs) iron said, hey, Bobby, come over here and took it to him. Yeah. And and Robert Woods hadn't had a great year. Um, He has been pretty meh, like very, you know, disappointing to say the least. When I saw the injury news, the thing I saw like immediately after that was like, the Rams are going to miss him. Robert Woods is such a good blocker. And if you're a wide receiver and you have a season ending injury and the first reaction is like how they're going to miss your blocking. That's a bad year, man. That's yeah. uh, You're having a bad year. (laughs) Yeah. But Darrell, you know, I mean, uh, you know, going back to it, the Rams are all wheels up. OBJ is going to benefit from uh, Sean McVay. They've looked like shit in the last two weeks, but that's up and down. So that's when you have, but that's a buying window. That's like you mentioning Darrell Henderson. Like I I have Henderson in a lot of leagues and he put up whatever he put up seven and a half points or something along those lines this week. Like if I get a juicy offer, I'm thinking about it more this week than I was last week. Like, yeah. His asking price has come down. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's it's found money, right? Like a lot of people got Darrell Henderson this year, not maybe not knowing what to expect. He wasn't a high draft pick. They got him in the fourth round or maybe even before the Cam Akers injury and they got him later. And a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm happy with what I've gotten so far. You know, I'll cash in at this point. Um, so a great buying window there. And then the other good buying window I wanted to talk about because you mentioned him. Mike Williams, man. I, but yes, the clock. Oh, wow. We are on opposites here. Well, let me say my piece and then you can go. Uh, The clock has definitely struck midnight on Mike Williams. And it struck midnight like three weeks ago or four weeks ago when he started having these like, you know, 
6.2, 5.7, whatever weeks. But my question is, you've seen the ceiling. You hopefully have seen the floor. You're buying right now. You're probably paying closer to the floor than the ceiling. Who's to say it can't go back to that ceiling? Like, I'm a big believer in Justin Herbert. I'm a big believer in what that offense can do. Like, why can't they get back there? I just don't, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. I I think the problem is we're seeing him perform like the way he's performed his entire career, right? That's, (laughs) that's the problem, right? Like what you're speaking to this season is the small sample size. This isn't the, the large, the last four years is the large sample size where he's underperformed. He's been hurt. Uh, banged up like yeah. so and and Keenan Allen has also n- not been eating up until recently and now he's starting to get more incorporated and you see his fantasy numbers coming up and his targets going up uh his production at least I should say his efficiency so you know part of me is like I know I see what you're saying and I can and depending on what the ask is I can see why you target him and go after him uh I just don't think that this past, you know, the first five weeks of the season should be what's indicative of who he is as a player, as opposed to the last four years. And, and I, I think that's probably the right way to look at it. Right. But I'm a big fan of nar- narratives and we all know Mike Williams wants to cash in, get some money. Uh, so who's to say he couldn't have turned a corner his last year of an, under his contract. Um, the other thing I just want to chat about on the chargers, cause I think this could be important. I think the Chargers are very good. I think they have the capability to be a very, very productive fantasy offense. You know, we've seen it earlier in the year with, you know, two wide receiver ones. They have gotten RB1 in Austin Eckler. You mentioned Parham. They also have Jared Cook. Jared Cook's had a couple of solid weeks. But what's happened lately is just the life and really the air of that offense has been sucked out. And Justin Herbert is one of the league, like bottom of the league in average depth of target. He's not throwing the ball downfield the way he was earlier in the year. And that's clearly impacted Mike Williams and it's benefited Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen is productive, but he's also been productive on like 12, 13, 14 targets. You know, it is a lot of production coming his way that generates 120 yards or whatever it is. And so my kind of estimation is they're going to get it back on track or, or they got to, right? Um, and I think once they do, it's going to benefit every piece of that offense. And so if you can buy in low now, whether that is a Parham, Jared Cook, Mike Williams, or any of those guys, I, I say do it. Yeah, I think the Chargers offense is a clear buy right now. Uh, I, I don't think you'll have to pay a lot for Parham. I don't. I don't think you'll have to pay a lot for even Mike Williams, to your point. Like, maybe is a good buying window. Kick yeah, the tires. I, like, if you can send 100%, in a- lowball someone, like, see what see what you get. Like if I could send away, you know, a uh, Ramondre Stevenson for him, I would do it. There you go. Uh, well, let's, let's let's transition that way. So uh, Ramondre got his start this week. You know, Damian or Damian Harris, excuse me, uh, couldn't clear the concussion protocol, so it was Ramondre's show on Sunday, and he showed up. He had sixty nine percent, a very nice sixty nine percent of running back rushes for the Patriots. So that was 20 carries, which is crazy that 20 carries is only 69%. Uh, But he had 20 carries for 100 yards, two touchdowns. But he was also used in the passing game. He had a 20% target share on Sunday. And so I guess the question I pose to you, Dax, is is this smoke or fire for Ramondre Stevenson? 
I mean, you saw him in preseason, right? Like this goes back to preseason doesn't matter unless preseason it matters, unless yeah. it matters, right? Like preseason doesn't matter unless you see it also glimpses of in the regular season, unless you see it when the opportunity strikes and then you see small glimmers of it starting to flicker and you're like, Oh, that this could be something sure enough door swings wide open. He takes advantage of it. Problem is it's a bill Belichick backfield and yeah. No matter what, I don't, I always avoid it. And perhaps that's to a detriment, right? Like Damian Harris is having a great year. Uh, James White was in PPR leagues just a few years ago in RB1. Um, you know, so there is value there, uh, but I'm someone who's like always buy the lowest priced asset in a Bill Belichick backfield because you just never know how it's going to go. And at least then you're not invested heavily. Um, so in this case, Romante, I think is a great buy. I think he's someone, I mean, obviously this week's going to be tough, but Damian Harris is going to come back and at best they're going to split it 50, 50. Um, that's best yeah. case scenario. So Damian Harris gets hurt again. You're, I mean, trying to buy Damian Harris is not, is going to be very expensive. Trying to buy Ramondre Stevenson, probably not so much if it's a keeper league or a redraft. Yeah. I, I think that's the right approach to have. I think, regardless the Patriots backfield at least this year is probably going to be three headed and that's going to be Damian Harris. It's going to be Ramondre Stevenson and it's going to be Brandon freaking Bolden, I guess. Um, and it's going to remain that way a- until one of them screws up. And we've seen it already this year with Ramondre and fumbles. We've seen it with Damian Harris and fumbles. It's going to take one of those two to screw something up for the other to benefit from it. Um, so uh, unfortunately if Damian Harris is healthy, I think you're seeing like 11 carries and maybe a reception for Ramondre in like an ideal scenario. Um, and, and that's just, I don't know if my head says, maybe that's not something I want, but watching the Patriots play this weekend, I'm like, man, is Mac Jones, Peyton Manning? Like, are we just all still have the blinders on? Like, cause he's Mac Jones is the hell out of me. Yeah. And he's gotten better every year. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, if Jamar Chase doesn't win Offensive Rookie of the Year, it's Mac Jones. I think it's a two-person race right now. That's a weird way to say Elijah Moore. Like I said, two-person race right now. <laughs> poor poor uh, A.J. Brown's game checks. <laughs> he, he, do you get a game check if you're hurt? Uh, I think Probably. it depends on your contract. I'm sure yeah. for him, yeah. I'm sure for A.J. I mean, was he on his rookie deal, actually? So probably not. Yeah, I don't know how all that works, but uh, he did bet a game check on Elijah winning Rookie of the Year. And and just as an Elijah Moore update, it's not in our show notes, but I'll give it because that's what the people want. Uh, he scored a touchdown uh, this Sunday after doing absolutely nothing the entire game. I think he had four targets until like the last drive of the game. And then Joe Flacco f- fed him three, I don't know, you know, uh, dump offs and he turned one into a touchdown. So uh, ended up being an okay week for Elijah, but it's not encouraging that the New York Jets just cannot figure anything out on the offensive or defensive sides of the ball. I am so disappointed with AJ Brown this year, though. Like, we want to talk about the disappointment that is Elijah Moore. Let's talk about the disappointment that is AJ Brown. Are you disappointed at him, or are you disappointed at Ryan Tannehill and whatever the fuck the Titans' offense has turned into? I mean, both. Um, I'll yeah. say this. I'm ecstatic that Derrick Henry is out because I don't own him anywhere. And whoever did have him, it was just fucking up the league. Whatever league they were in, they were probably in first place. Yeah, and and we've been in a couple of those leagues, and we've seen the first place team that had Derrick Henry drop two in a row. You know, like, to the two worst teams in the league. <laughs> it's 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 great. You know, I feel bad for Derrick. Get better soon. We love you. You're a freaking nature. 
but man, does it feel good to not have any shares of a player <laughs> and uh, have it not impact your team at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is not me doing a victory lap saying, yeah, I love that Derrick Henry's hurt. <laughs> no, like he's great for football. He's great for the game. I love that. Uh, I love not playing him is what I'm saying. I love not having to take an L. Uh, so, you know, Derek, you know, rest up, worry about the playoffs, your real playoffs, not the fantasy one. Don't think about that. Rest your pretty little head. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about the Derrick Henry situation is, is obviously you talked about kind of the door was open for Ramondre Stevenson. Well, that Derrick Henry door is a lot bigger than Damian Harris door, and it's being filled kind of by two people right now, and that's um, Adrian Peterson, which we covered a little bit last week. We'll talk about it. But also Deontay Foreman, or, or maybe the ghost of Deontay Foreman. And so maybe a little bit of a history lesson for our listeners. So Deontay Foreman came out of college a few years ago from Texas, uh, was actually on the Houston Texans. Um and had some really, really good games early in his career, tore his Achilles. And so this is probably, we're probably three years, four years removed. Could research it, but eh. Uh, and usually that Achilles tear, as we're seeing with Cam Akers, is a, a death sentence for skill positions. Um, it's not an injury that players typically come back from. You occasionally get, uh, you know, a rare case like Arian Foster or something along those lines, but usually it's not the same guy on the other end. And so after these three or four years of not hearing anything about Deontay Foreman, he shows up, showed up this Sunday, wearing a single-digit jersey number, and he looked awesome. I mean, like, am I wrong? Did you watch any of Deontay Foreman? I did. He looked good. He looked like he was running with a lot of power. He looked like yeah. – but, his, I mean, it wasn't – unfortunately, it didn't really translate to a big box score for him. Totally. And that's that's uh, the thing, I think, with this – Titans back like that's what Derrick Henry just elevated is he turned a very boring simple offense that should average you know two yards per carry into a 99 yard touchdown run you know like that was very much Derrick Henry and I don't think Deontay Foreman is cut from that same claw but he between him and Adrian Peterson I'm picking Deontay Foreman that, that's where I'm at right now you mean Jeremy McNichols is in a bye We've talked about Jeremy McNichols. He handles, what, three carries a game for the rest of his life? Pretty much. But I did trade him for a second-round pick, and I couldn't believe it. So I was very excited about that. See? Take advantage of these suckers, man. Swindled. Um, so, you know, the other thing, and speaking of, you know, we're still talking about running backs here and, you know, injuries and recovering from them. We talked about it briefly last week. Let's hammer this home again. CMC is bulletproof. That guy does whatever the fuck he wants when he wants it, when he's on the field. And he looked explosive, shifty, healthy. The receptions were there. I mean, and to the fact that they didn't have to worry because they didn't have Sam Darnold there. They had a pretty shitty quarterback in PJ Walker. Uh, And hopefully Cam Newton starts to play sooner than later. He's Um, supposed to start this week. Yeah, I heard he was getting the first the the first reps, uh, which is great because my goodness, they are the God DJ Moore shares. My DJ Moore shares are in the shitter right now. I don't know what to do. Yeah, well, rest in peace to those DJ Moore shares. But you do have at least one Christian McCaffrey share that I know of, and, and you're absolutely right. Like you look at his line, you know, 13 carries for 95 yards, 10 receptions for 66 yards, and he got vultured on at least three touchdowns. Yeah, it was, uh, Hubbard had one. Yeah, yeah. The goal line carry to Cam Newton 
which that's a factor that I think you're going to have to take into account because it's what they're going to do with him. He had a, a two-yard pass where Cam Newton came in and threw it to Robbie Anderson, of all people. And then the, the Chuba Hubbard touchdown run. And so on a, a week where Christian McCaffrey puts up God near 22 points or whatever the math is, he misses out on three touchdowns within the five-yard line. That doesn't happen again. Like that, that's what's crazy is this guy is – he's going to be Derrick Henry in the playoffs. He's this could have been be... a 40-point performance from him. Yeah, it's going to be you know, you're every week you're going to be like, fuck, I have to play Christian McCaffrey. Like That's what people are going to say. and be like, fuck, I have to play Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and, and as a reminder, as we talked about up top, that uh, kind of playoff run specifically for the Panthers is an interesting one because it touches on kind of all the major you know, pieces of what you look for when you come to you know, uh, putting together a playoff roster. And so that's a, 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 an easy way of saying you should have Christian McCaffrey in your lineup, but you, you honestly should. I mean, like that's that's tough to say, right? Like, who's going to be able to buy him, or like, you know? Uh, but it's nice to know. Like, the real conversation is that he's healthy. If you have him, he's healthy. You can roll him out. Uh, and perhaps there's even standalone value with Chuba Hubbard in a flex, a deep league or a flex spot, because even he, like, to keep him healthy, it looks like they're going to try to share the wealth. Yeah, like it looks and, like they're going to pound him down down by the goal line. And I think you just cursed. Christian McCaffrey, because uh, your your beautiful dog Cece uh, let out a howl when you said Christian McCaffrey is healthy. Uh, so look, be on lookout for that, CMC. Rumor has it Christian McCaffrey just tore his scrotum. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just uh, disturbance in the force, and his scrotum splintered at the sound yeah. of the howl. Yeah, that was that was it. Uh, but no, I mean that's the other one. I, if well, you can, I was just going to transition. So speaking of scrotums splintering do you want to talk about tj hawkinson at all um no i don't think that his scrotum <laughs> is splitting uh no it's more yours on that one i think uh yeah that exactly this is if anything i'd be my asshole just from getting fucked so much uh yeah. he is he is his it's not his fault like that's the thing is it's really not tj hawkinson's fault it's jared Goff. jared Goff threw for like 100 yards like, he threw for 100 and something yards like that's not TJ Hawkinson's fault. Like, you know, the, he ran a route on 70%. Like he's running routes. It's the fact that Jared Goff isn't going to his best option. Like yeah, he has it, linebackers it was, on him. It was so gross. Like, so, so again, I'm, I'm a Lions fan, quote unquote fan. And I watched that game, dude. I watched, well, not the whole game. I watched the second half and overtime. I wanted to stab myself in the eyeball. Like this is worse than like going to your local middle school and watching, you know, the Pee Wee football team. Like it was so bad to watch Mason Rudolph play Jared Goff in professional football that like, I don't even know if I like the NFL anymore. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe people have paid tickets to go see that. And it was 40 degrees and raining like these, you know, we love you Pittsburgh people, but man, Yin's got some problems. And um, here's the scariest part. They tied. That's even worse. No one walked out of there with a win or a loss. So no one felt some type of way. There was like even apathy. Walking out of that game, having to watch five quarters of that, to walk out in a tie, completely apathetic, that is not a win for either side. No, that's that just destroys you. That destroys your spirit. You're like just an empty husk of a human being at that point. Um, 
And that's kind of what Hawkinson looks like right now. <laughs> and he, you're right. So it was not Jared Goff's best performance. He actually got hurt about halfway through the game, and the Lions, for whatever reason, did not pull him. And so he pretty much could not throw the entire second half of the game, which is why they ran it got near 40 times. Um, I don't think this is going to be normal for Hawkinson. I think, you know, next week we'll see, I don't know, probably eight targets for Hawkinson or something ridiculous because you're very right. He is the best receiving option they have, and the offense should flow through him if it's not flowing through uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, but I'm kind of fed up of having players on bad teams that I need to rely on, and I think that's where yeah. I'm at with Hawkinson. I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm actually trying to move him in, a, in, our, in our league, and I hate it because I think they're a quarterback away, and especially if they go out and get a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks typically love their tight ends, uh, especially one who's – in his prime and as athletic and there's not as many great options. It's just, God, like Jared Goff is going to kill him this year and I need to win. I need to win now. I need to try to go put my chips all in. So yeah, um, I'm working on some things and I think, unfortunately I will have to bid farewell to my beloved TJ. There you go. And, and so I, I guess this is interesting. So you're someone who is selling TJs, you're selling low on a player, right? So how do you, how do you set that value? How do you set a price tag? And and really kind of what are the offers you've seen for TJ Hawkinson? Just well, I think there's the something. Audience. I think there's there's there is something called a sunken cost fallacy, right? Mm-hmm. And that what that means, and what in other words, translate is that just because they're not at their peak value means holding them uh, and waiting for them to bounce back is a better option than moving on. Uh, because quote unquote sunken cost, right? Like I already drafted him. I've been holding him. He's as cheap as he's going to come. I'm not going to get as, mo- as much as I want. So I'm better waiting. That's not the best way to look at it. I, that is called the sunken cost fallacy. So you think, oh, I can just wait for it to bounce up. No, the bounce up may not come, in which case you missed any opportunity to maximize that roster spot by getting some incremental value. Yep. So for so for me, I'm looking at what are my positions of need? I have da- Darren Waller, on my roster. I don't need uh, TJ Hawkinson. So uh, my thinking is can't, where can I, where am I weak? I'm weak. I'm thin at pretty much everything just because of the way my team's structured, but specifically wide receiver. Uh, And really I'm also concerned about DJ Moore, but I'm less concerned about DJ Moore because I think with CMC back and possibly Cam Newton, there's some opportunities uh, and the, like he's someone who I'm saying I think will rebound, especially given the early start to the year, whereas TJ Hawkinson has, I mean, relatively speaking, he's been fine for a tight end, but he's really a failure to launch in a lot of ways. So I'm trying to turn him because I don't need a starting tight end. I'm trying to turn him into another position of value. So really I'm trying to supplement his, his depth in other places. Uh, and while I don't think I'm going to get a better return, if I can get 10 points per game, half PPR, some wide receiver three that I might be able to start versus DJ Moore, who might, you know, who has been barely a wide receiver three. He's recently, he's literally been like a wide receiver four over the past four weeks. Yeah. Uh, not startable, not startable. And so if I can get anyone to get three, four or five more points in my lineup starting, that's valuable. Even if it's like that. And I swap out a defense. Like if I get a wide receiver who I, might be able to start and a defense and a kicker that have great playoff matchups, then I'm incrementally making my team better for the weeks that I need it. Yeah. 
No, I, I, that's a really smart approach. And I think probably the, the right way to think about, you know, valuing these assets, because I think you highlighting that sunk cost fallacy, I know I feel it. I feel it on some, I'm feeling on Brian Edwards right now. I'll tell you that. Like I was a big believer in the player, hasn't really come together. And, and at what point am I holding him too long to not get value from him? Because he's going to turn into a pumpkin or, you know, potentially not. But am I leaving, you know, quote unquote money on the table by, you know, waiting for that turnaround? You, I mean, you might be right. Like I, you have to, you have to think about, you have to start feeling offers. Like not every offer is worth it to be clear. Yeah. You're like, yes, you are right. They are at a lower cost right now. You're not going to get as much, but depending on the offer, depending on if it can make your team, your starting lineup better, if that's what you're going for, depending on if you can actually get something in return that makes you better down the road. Obviously in the case of Brian Edwards, he's probably better long-term hold. Uh, but if you're looking to win this season, probably someone you want to move. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, you know, when I think about dynasty and I think about, you know, these young players, they have a brand name, you know, like, and that's a very real thing in trades as well. Like I just saw a trade, this was in a redraft league, but it was DK Metcalf for AJ Dillon and Brandon Cooks. If you had told me that trade, six weeks ago i've said collusion like that league's a joke whatever but today i'm looking at it, i'm like i don't hate that trade you know you've got dk metcalf who's a very very good talent similar to dj moore hasn't produced at all it's probably not going to turn around unless russell wilson comes back and is just an absolute stud but he looked very much neutered this past sunday and you're trading for that upside those hot commodities um Specifically, A.J. Dillon, who over these next two or three weeks that he has as the sole running back in the Green Bay Packers offense, could win some leagues for people and completely turn around people's team's performances so far. Well, so to I be think, fair, he's coming yeah. back in two weeks. so I don't think it, so. You, uh, you think uh, he's going to have the job longer? I, I think it's going to be at least three weeks that A.J. Dillon will be the primary ball carrier for the Packers. I, you don't, MCL sprain is not a two week injury, especially for a running back. I'll just say that. And a running back that plays on grass and outdoors, it, it's going to be a little bit longer in two weeks. They may be saying two weeks now, but I think they're blowing smoke. You heard it here first. Aaron Jones. Yeah. Don't do not, not a buy. Well, not I am Dragon Dax buy. I am a, a, a big time Aaron Jones hater has always been. Uh, so, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, it's interesting. Any pretty much the Packers are always the epitome of players that I don't believe in that turn into something like, oh, yeah. it's Aaron Rodgers. It's always like, I'm like, oh, Aaron Jones isn't going to be that good. Another RB one season. Uh, AJ Dillon kind of sucks. People like that with Devontae RB1. Adams. People were yeah. sick at Devontae Adams before he broke out that one year. Um, yeah. 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 It, it, he was a year three. He was a year three, three breakout. Year three or potentially even year four. He had like shown signs of it and it was like a health issue with him, but the route running was always there for him, which is kind of what he built his game around. That in rapport with A-Rod. But there we go, yeah. man. Um, I think we hit everything on our list. Any Anything else to kind of top of your mind? No, I mean, just to emphasize right now, you know, heading into the home stretch in terms of trade targets, you need to start thinking about this. The The, the season's almost over. You need to start looking at schedules. You need to start predicting who you think is going to produce. And obviously that doesn't mean 
to 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 be clear, that doesn't mean overhaul your entire roster. If you are seven, eight, nine wins, that means you're doing something right. You have a good team. What it means is in the margins. Try to adjust in the margins. So if you're wrong, you don't kill yourself. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to go out and trade CMC now because Zeke has a great matchup. No, like, of course, I still want. C- I mean, it's close, but I still want CMC over Zeke. What it means is figure out. Can I get Michael Gallup on my bench dirt cheap in case there's an injury? Can I get Darrell Henderson? Can I go out and get Devonta Smith in a redraft league? Those are the things that you should be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, if if you listeners out there feel like you could have said it better yourself, uh, feel free to email us, uh, gregandaxpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at Greg and Dax Pod. You can tweet at me at Greg Dobbs. There's a variety of ways you could have your voice heard on this here podcast. Um, Dax, any uh, anything before we sign off? No, good luck, listeners out there, and another wonderful fantasy week coming up. And uh, yeah, have a good one. Yeah, have a great week, everybody. Bye.